Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast with John Atkins. Hello, and as ever, welcome back to Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast. A great big thank you very much indeed to Carla Music for sponsoring the show. If you go to carlabrand.com slash teacher, you'll get 10% off any of their lovely ukuleles, or in fact, anything at all on their website. And they do have just about everything. Strings, books, tuners, capos, gig bags, whatever it is you need that is uke-related, you can get a 10% discount on anything on the website just because you listen to Ukulele Tales. So thank you very much indeed to Carla. Uh, remember, if you guys want to send me a message as well, please go ahead and email me, uketeacher at grabyouryuke.com. And I do read and reply to every single message that I get eventually. Uh, with that being said, I did somehow manage to delete my entire mailbox for over a week recently while I was migrating to a new server and I didn't even realize. So if you've sent me something recently-ish and haven't heard back from me, then please do go ahead and resend it as there is a very good chance that it got lost in cyberspace somewhere. Um, thanks again to Phil, Phil Dolman that is, for last week's terrific chat. I loved talking with Phil, and he had so much insight and so many great stories to tell. If you haven't heard that one, because maybe you're in the USA and perhaps you hadn't heard of Phil, then please go back and check it out, because that is a great episode. This week, I'm talking with Anne Reburn, a tremendous multi-instrumentalist, multilingual, Los Angeles-based singer-songwriter, who, amongst other things, has found fame on YouTube with her clones, Basically, split-screen videos of some beautifully arranged multi-part harmonies. Check out her cover of Ender Sandman if you somehow still haven't seen it before. Uh, last time I checked, it was well on the way to getting 10 million views on YouTube. That's Ender Sandman, the Anne Reburn cover. Anyway, Anne was one of the first musicians that I met in LA when I was living over there. And she was even kind enough to duet with me while I was still finding my feet. We did a cover of Options by Pitbull which, to be honest, not a song I'm super familiar with, to be honest with you. So I think it must have been a request from a YouTube comment or a Patreon uh, subscriber. Anyway, Anne provided the vocals to my video and absolutely aced it. In fact, I'll tell you what, if you stick around to the end of the episode, I'll put up 30 seconds or so after the end credits for you to check it out. Seriously, I cannot believe how good it still sounds. So anyway, Anne is a great musician. She's performed live in LA. She's done voiceover work for Netflix animation. She's got her own music out there on Spotify, which is well worth checking out. And, like I said, we're old friends as well, from as far back as, I think, 2017, 2018-ish. So it was great to catch up with her when I was back in California last month for the NAM convention. We talk about all kinds of stuff, including her career, just how hard it is to make a full-time living as a creative person in 2023, knowing that music you put out there on YouTube might be watched by celebrities, the dangers of TikTok, and lots, lots more, including, of course, playing the ukulele. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Anne Reburn. Thank you, you've done that before, right? <laughs> not my first sound check, yeah. Not your first sound check, excellent. <laughs> uh, well, Anne, it's so great to catch up with you here. Yeah, it's Here great to see you. Yeah, this is your first NAM, right? It is. Uh, even though I've been living in LA for six years, this is the first time I've come down. How are you enjoying it? I I am enjoying it. I'm a little overwhelmed. Yeah, it's pretty huge, it's isn't it? It's huge. Yeah. 
Uh, but I think I, I've pretty much done a pass through all of the main halls. So now maybe I'll, uh, I'll go catch some panels or go back and see something I missed before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Was there anything in particular you were looking to get out of, ma'am? You know, I just felt like after having been in L.A. for a couple years and this being such a premier music conference, it's right at my doorstep and yeah. me never having been, um, I felt kind of bad about that. Yeah. So I think it's, I was like, it's about time that I go and just check it out. I didn't have much of a plan this year because I wasn't really sure what to expect. But after this, I think maybe in the future I could come back with more of a structure and more of a mission. Yeah, that myself. sounds like the way to do it. That yeah. sounds like a oh, good way to do it. Have you ever been, so you've never been here for like VidCon or anything either? Or? No, no, I never have. I think you'd love VidCon. That's uh, more for like YouTube-y sort of things. Right, yeah. yeah. I should put that on my list too i just for some reason uh, had never been to these major events and i probably should have been going to yeah well check it out uh if you get a chance you know i think you'll like it i think you'll like it yeah um so i guess as i was explaining to you this is like a ukulele podcast mm -hmm. and a lot of the times i i've spoken to people who are primarily ukulele players you're not necessarily primarily a ukulele player but you right. have and do occasionally play the ukulele yeah but I guess a lot of my listeners might not know who you are. Would you just describe who you are, explain who you are, I guess? Yeah, for sure. My name is Anne Reburn. I'm a musician and a YouTuber. I'm a singer-songwriter who does original music, but most people know me for split-screen format videos on YouTube where I play all the instruments and I sing all the vocal parts and the harmonies, and you see me and my clones, clones on yes. screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're terrific. How did they start? How did you start off with the idea for that? You know, the clones, I think, came from one of my early videos on my channel, which ended up being my most popular, which is a cover of Mr. Sandman yes, by yeah, the yeah. Cordettes. Love that video. And yeah. it was just because I had found this four-part arrangement of the vocals, and I wanted to put them all on screen. So at that point, uh, it was super early in my channel. I didn't necessarily have the idea of the clones, but I did have a little bit of an idea of choreography between these different split screens. Because yeah. in that cover, there's a little part where I do like a um, hand movement that's coordinated, like, and it goes one, two, three across the screen. And I think just from there, as my production started to get more complex and more involved, I started adding different personalities for each one. I, I make them look at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sometimes yeah. they talk to each other. I was wondering about that because there are like little looks between them and stuff. I yeah. was wondering how deliberate that all is or how choreographed it is, you know. Uh, it depends. Some of it is deliberate and some of it's not. Usually when I'm recording, I kind of just have it all in my head. So I'll know in certain sections, or certain lines or a certain downbeat is the cue to look this way and yeah. stuff like that. Some of it is um, where they're all in sync. Some of it's a little more free where um, one can glance at another and the, the other doesn't necessarily always have to be looking at the same exact moment. Yeah. You know? And there's like sort of, I don't know, like Sweet Anne and Angry Anne or yeah, Cool Anne or whatever. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. different personalities. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Do they ever sort of take over your own life or anything? <laughs> Yeah, I could say, uh, you know, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, grumpy clone. It's not me. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Now, your YouTube channel has really, like, exploded over the last, what, 
two or three years or, or more than that, would you say? Or I have about 360,000 subscribers right now. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the secret is. I don't know what the algorithm wants, but I've had a couple older videos that over the years, for some reason, they just started getting suggested to a lot of people. Okay. Maybe they weren't the most popular when they first came out, like Mr. Sandman, The Lion Sleeps Tonight, How Deep Is Your Love? These are videos that did okay when they came out, but for some reason, the algorithm just picked them up afterwards and they started snowballing. Yeah. And now they are millions of views, and, and then once you get to that point, they just keep rolling. Yeah. I do quite like that when that happens because I've got like some videos. I remember posting something and it got like, I don't know, a thousand views or something. And then I checked like a year later and it had a hundred thousand views. I'm like, oh, yeah. something must have happened. I don't yeah. know what or when or how, but but someone must have, have seen it at some point. Well, multiple people saw well, yeah, it right, and they yeah. liked <laughs> yeah. it. And then it kept yeah. getting recommended yeah. and those people liked it and those people liked it. So it's a great reminder, you know, what you create and what you put out there uh, is out there forever. Yeah, and you yeah. never know when it might get that attention. And you never know who's watching. Exactly. Right? You never know who's watching. Yeah, that's so true. I, I've had so many reminders of that through the years. Just, like, like cool people or celebrities or something. Do you yeah, mean? yeah, really cool. Yeah. You know, just unexpected connections. Um, you you really never know who's out there. Yeah. You never know when something might get picked up. Yeah. Can you give an example of someone famous or cool who? left you a nice comment or something? Yeah, one that really sticks out to me is I had a comment from Roy Orbison's granddaughter oh, no way. on my cover of You Got It by yeah. Roy Orbison. It was very sweet and she thanked me for keeping his legacy alive or something along those lines. It was really touching because of course, when you're creating something in a fairly isolated environment, yeah. you aren't thinking about who's gonna watch it. You're just making it. You're just alone. Yeah. And yeah. then you put it out there and even then it's kind of isolated. You know, you don't you don't see the people that those numbers are. But something like that really reminds you <laughs> anyone in the world could be watching. Anyone yeah. in the world could be listening. Yeah. I had a comment from the lead singer of Sixpence None the Richer after oh, I did a, yeah. a little like uke split screen of uh, Kiss Me. I love that song. Yeah. What a great song. And she was like so nice about it. And then a few months later, and and believe me, like that, like kind of at that stage, that like, sort of made my life. You know, I was like, mm -hmm, wow, I can't believe mm -hmm. I made this in my bedroom yeah. on my iPhone with like yeah. a little egg shaker and a ukulele. And this woman who I sort of loved when I was like 19 or whatever, mm -hmm. has like seen it and said it was good. But then like six months later, she sent me a message on Twitter saying, oh, my son's watching your SpongeBob video and learning how to play the oh, SpongeBob SquarePants theme. That's so, amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So I I'd love that. So I'd love to try and get her on the podcast if she'd be, <laughs> yeah, be down for should, it. Yeah, you should. Yeah. yeah, we'll come back to your modern stuff in a minute, but let's go back to just your musical background. How did you get yeah. started in, in music? You know, it's always been part of my life in one way or another. My first exposure was uh, I started dance lessons when I was three and a half, so really young. After that, uh, when I was about kindergarten age, I started piano. Um, after that, it was musical theater all throughout childhood. And then a little bit later when I was in college, I picked up bass and then guitar. So I never knew that 
I would end up doing what I'm doing today. But I always knew that I loved performing, even though previously I was definitely very scared about how to make a living as a performer or as a creative person, even when I was really too young to be worried about that kind of thing. So it took me getting a quote unquote normal job and being very unhappy in that job to realize I really do need something artistic in my life. I need that outlet and that was the push that I needed to go ahead and pursue being an artist. Yeah. So are you uh, a full-time artist currently then? Nearly. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, yeah. The majority of my income does come from Patreon, YouTube and other related streams. streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's terrific, you know, and you'll get there eventually if, if that's your dream, I'm sure of it, you know. When you say nice. you picked up um, the bass in college and the guitar, do you mean you were like taught or you had lessons or you just sort of picked it up at, at like a party or something and, and someone taught you a few notes? I did start taking lessons because I just thought it was cool and I wanted to learn. But because I had that classical training of piano when I was a kid and I had voice lessons. I was always a person who was taking lessons. Yeah. I wasn't really self-taught um, for any of the stuff that I did. So I felt like that was comfortable for me. And I, I did take lessons for a few years and now I'm just uh, self-taught on the journey by myself. Yeah. And you're, are you like a bassist for hire as well? Like you'll play with other people and stuff? Or? I do sometimes play bass gigs, mostly for my friends yeah. or acquaintances okay. if they're putting together a live show and they need a, a band for the live show. But I really enjoy it. It's so much more fun and so much more fulfilling to play bass with a group of people rather than just playing at home by yourself. Yeah, no one wants to play like a bass line on their own, do they? You know... I, I do it sometimes, but it really is so much more fun to play with a group. Yeah. And yeah. you can really feel in that situation just how important you are as the bassist and how much what you do can change what the feel of a song is. Yeah. Hey, actually, something I meant to ask you, or I'm now going to ask you, yeah. is uh, you play bass in a band. So you're obviously comfortable like performing as part of a band. Mm -hmm. But as a sort of solo musician... Do you tour or, or play live at all, or do you still just kind of stick to like YouTube videos and Spotify and stuff? Yeah, I don't play live as much as I would like to, but the landscape in LA where I live is a little tricky. If you're at a certain level, it's hard to get gigs that pay. So for the first couple years, I wasn't really putting much energy into that since I needed to make money, to be quite honest. Yeah. I was losing money playing shows because I would play free shows right. and then I would have to pay for gas and parking to go yeah. there. Yeah, so, yeah. so I wasn't making any money from it, but I do love performing. And it's something that I hope I can grow into more, including touring one day. That's a, a big dream of mine. Yeah. I mean, you have like a, I guess it must be like a global fan base now, but is maybe the, the problem, maybe they're like too spread out or you don't know where they are. Basically, do you think you could tour or do like a small concert in say London, a small concert in Italy, Spain, whatever. Do you, do you... I think it would be a lot of work, but I do think I might be able to. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm more conscious now than I was at the beginning of where people are. Right. That's something that I really like to know now and try to keep in mind. 
when I find someone maybe in a certain state or a certain country that I didn't have anyone there before, making a mental note of, oh, maybe this person could help me out someday. Yeah. Or making notes of uh, states where I know I have a lot of people or countries where I know I have a lot of people. Just yeah. keeping those possibilities and those pathways open for the future. Yeah. That's really cool. I love doing that as well on my podcast analytics and I try not to get too bogged down and all that stuff. I know like all my and my YouTube ones as well. All my like the majority of my views are in the USA. And mm -hmm. to be honest, mainly in like California, actually, weirdly. But oh. um, but I love scrolling to like the back page and being like, oh, I've got one listener in Trinidad and Tobago, you know, yeah. <laughs> and just saying, oh, I wonder wonder what he or she is doing. You know, but yeah. it's just kind of cool to see that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It so, is really yeah. cool. Yeah. There's one person in like the Antarctic or whatever listening to this podcast somewhere. Probably on a remote base or something in, a, in an igloo, perhaps. I don't know. It's kind of fun <laughs> yeah. to imagine. It's but, very yeah. flattering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really exciting. You yeah. Know? yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah. In some ways, it's more interesting to think there's like one person on their own somewhere listening to it than like, you know, a load of people in L.A. who kind of like you. Mm -hmm. So going back to your uh, voice, um, I didn't realize you said you said you had like vocal lessons. You started, was it? Um, yeah, what, musical theater. Musical theater, right. And voice okay. lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You have... And I mean this as like the biggest possible con um, compliment, like what I would call like a Disney voice, like a Disney Thank quality you. voice. Have you ever kind of done, because you're an artist, you make your own music, mm -hmm. but have you ever, you know, sold your voice, like performed for other people, done musical theatre, for example, or, or like voiceover or anything like that? Yeah, I've done a few voiceover jobs here and there, which have been really fun for me. I had a random little gig a few years ago where I got to sing the voice of a character in a children's show for the opening theme of the show. No way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was on Netflix. No way. Okay, it was a show cool. yeah. from India. Yeah. Strangely enough. So you did like the English language dubbing or something or... It was, the a, it was a show in English, but it was from a production company in India. And they had, uh, I believe, an Indian voice actress for the role. But I believe maybe they weren't a singer. So they wanted a singer to try to imitate her voice in the theme song of the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix or not, but it was called Treehouse Tales. But do you have any ambitions in that area? I mean, do you think you could sing for Disney or uh, anything like that? I think that would be really fun. It's fitting since we're so close to Disneyland yeah, right now. Yeah, we are now. actually. We're a stone's throw from Let me that, just yeah. walk over there and ask them. No, but um, that's really appealing to me. And because of my history and childhood history of musical theater, um, I love performing other people's music or other roles. You know, it's not just... Uh, what I write myself. I yeah. mean, I'm most known for doing covers. That's not my music. That's, yeah. that's someone else's words and yeah. and uh, music. So, yeah, if someone were to offer it to right. me, I would absolutely say yes without a doubt. I mean, something my wife said, and I don't know if it's true or not, I guess it sort of makes sense, is like, not only is that kind of thing like hyper-competitive, but also I think nowadays they really go for like you know name like famous names over sort of super talented organic singers like we were watching one of their not moana um i don't know one of their big cartoons mm -hmm. and it was like a girl from orange is the new black someone from brooklyn 99 uh you know what i mean like and, yes. they, and they had like reasonable voices but 
they'd obviously been hired because they already had like sort of certain a, name, a certain level of yeah, yeah name recognition yeah that's interesting yeah yeah I know some friends who are actors here in LA and I've seen a little bit of what they go through in terms of the rejection. Right. I think one key difference between actors and musicians maybe is that for actors, a lot of the times you have to wait for someone to give you permission to do your job. Yeah. Someone has to hire you to yeah. do that job. But as a musician, we have so much more independence, which I think is really a wonderful thing. Nobody has to give us permission yeah. to put a video on YouTube. On YouTube, exactly, yeah. To sing yeah. a song, to play a show. Um, so I don't think we have the same level of facing rejection in our day-to-day -day as actors do. And I think that must be really tough. So if you want to be an actor, you have to really be dedicated to wanting to be an actor. That's true. A lot of like pounding the streets and um, yeah, knocking on doors and stuff. Whereas you're right. If and you want to make so a... many no's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like if you want to make a cover of and uh, not Ender Sandman, Mr. Sandman, mm -hmm. you just make it one afternoon and post it on YouTube yeah. and, uh, and it's yeah. done. You know, exactly. Yeah. 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 And you don't have to wait for it to be commissioned, edited, whatever, published. It's just on YouTube as soon as you're finished with right. it. Right, so, yeah, yeah, not if you do it all yourself. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. it's only in your hands. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Or, or I guess I, it's not that I hadn't thought of it, I hadn't thought of it for a while. I sort of took it for granted mm -hmm. that we do have a lot of freedom as, you know, content creators, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. something I'm so thankful for because I know that in the music landscape of several decades ago, I wouldn't exist in the way yeah. that I do. I wouldn't be able to be releasing music in this way. Um, especially not being from Oklahoma, there wasn't going to be a, a record label out there that would pick me up and see me. I would have had to, I don't know, come out to LA and try my luck with thousands of other people. And if the company doesn't decide they like you, then you go nowhere. Yeah. You're like stuck yeah. being local for yeah. forever. Yeah. But now everyone has the power to release their music to the entire world right. without a company. Like without a record label. Yeah. You can't guarantee that anyone will listen to it. No. But you can put it out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can yeah. do your best to like try and publicize it yourself and, and do what you can, you know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that is really powerful. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of similar because when I was a kid, I really wanted to be like a TV presenter. Oh, but yeah. in England, there were at the time when I was a kid, there were four stations. Mm -hmm. And it was basically just almost everyone on TV was sort of on TV until they died. You know, so it was a <laughs> lot of like old men on TV. Yeah. And I would have just never got the chance to, to do that, you know. Mm -hmm. Or the same with like podcasting, which didn't exist. But like yeah. I, I always thought, oh, or radio would be cool if I didn't make if I don't make it in TV. Yeah. I can always fall back on radio. But again, it's, there were like you know three stations, right. and it was just people who'd been doing it for like forty years or something. So yeah, so not as much opportunity. Not as much opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's talk a bit about your uh, current music because obviously we talked about your YouTube um, covers and how you sort of made your like homemade videos yeah but you're also putting out music on spotify and have you put out some albums or is it just eps and singles as of right now i have two five track eps and a handful of singles okay. out on streaming yeah. yeah and how's that going for you i think it's going well the fact that anyone at all has heard it and and that some of those people have liked it is yeah. uh, amazing to me. I know that I have the covers to thank for bringing most of that audience to me. And I know that not everyone who likes and listens to the covers will like my original music, but it is something that I'm very passionate about and something that I will keep doing. Yeah. So I hope that I can continue to find an audience for that.
Yeah, I'm sure you will. And you post the videos for them on YouTube as well, right? Most of the time. I do, yes. Yeah. Every original song gets at least one video. Yeah. I'll do a video of the audio or a lyrics video or maybe a big official music video. Which well, that's is... what I wanted to ask you about. You've been posting some really, uh, I don't know, elaborate or expensive looking Thanks. professional <laughs> Thank videos. You. But you're but you're still just a sort of uh, self-producing YouTuber. Mm -hmm. So how are you putting these together? How are you are you like hiring crews and things, or do you have friends who are just really talented, or how are you getting these amazing professional videos put together? Yeah, I have some very talented friends and connections that I'll hire for certain projects. Okay. I started doing everything myself out of necessity. Yeah. When I started YouTube, I did the camera. The lighting was a lamp that I had in the living room. Yeah. I did the editing and the recording. And when you're starting out, you're also not making money from it either. You're doing it because you love it. So if you don't have money coming from somewhere else, you don't necessarily have anything to invest back into it. That was why I was doing everything myself for so long. Now that I've been going for several years and I have such strong support from my community on Patreon, I have a little bit that I can invest into hiring people for operating camera for me or doing colorist work. Oh, okay. Or mixing, mastering, yeah. and stuff like that. That's terrific. And I guess as well, being in LA probably doesn't hurt as well, being able to find these people. Definitely. I have access to some super talented people and people that are really passionate about what they do. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what I want. I want to work with other people who are really good at what they do and better than me. Yeah. Because I know that I can't be the best at everything, and I don't want to be the best at everything. I want to work with someone else who's really good at it, and that will elevate all of us. You know, the sum is greater than... What the, is that? The, um, the sum is greater than... The whole than is greater than the... Its parts. Parts. Yeah, something like that. Something yes, like I know exactly that. what you mean. I, know. Yeah. I think my biggest mistake was just never letting go of anything, control-wise. So Well, that's I'm hard. Still, yeah. That's it's, really it's, hard. Uh, killed me honestly <laughs> but like i'm still like filming everything myself lighting everything myself editing it all myself posting yeah. it all myself and mm -hmm. and now it's kind of too late to hire people to do it so uh well it might not be too late well i don't, I don't know but i I, don't know. I i agree it is really hard to give up that control especially when you come up doing everything yourself you get used to it yeah you don't have a manager or an agent or right. a label or anyone telling you what to do it's all on you, so you're making the decisions about everything. Yeah. It's easy to become a control freak in that situation. Yeah. I never realized it, but I think that's exactly what I am, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I call myself that too, but, you know, in a, in a loving way. Okay, yeah. yeah. A loving control freak. <laughs> yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the ukulele? Um, I mean, I know it's not like your main instrument, but you've used it a little bit on YouTube and you play it a little bit. Yeah, I would consider myself um, a, an amateur on ukulele, but it's something I really enjoy. Um, I have learned some chords or maybe I'll add a little bit of very basic finger picking to a song. There's several videos of mine that I've used it in. I think the most recent one that's coming to mind is Take On Me by yeah. AHA. 
I saw a little bit of that on your Instagram yesterday, I think. Oh, really? But it cuts off at the chorus. And I was like, oh, I just wanted to hear the chorus. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have a video that does have the chorus, but I'm not sure. I just post little clips sometimes, you know. I really enjoy using ukulele in, in videos. It adds a fun texture. Yeah. It's something new. And I think that it fits well with my voice too. Yeah, for sure. Just the nature of the instrument and the nature of my voice, something about it. I like the way they go together. Does it help you uh, with composing at all? Definitely, yeah. Because I tend to do most of the music production of the covers myself. And as I'm building a song, I'll be listening and sometimes I'll hear holes. I'll think, oh, it needs something in this range, or this part sounds empty. So a lot of the times what I'll use the ukulele for is adding that little bit of something that's missing. Oh, okay. It becomes another layer that fills a certain space in the song that um, fleshes it out more. It makes it a fuller sound. You have some videos that are in uh, Spanish, Mm -hmm. and you're a fluent Spanish speaker. I learned Spanish as an adult, so I'm not a native speaker and I I never will be, but I do have a pretty good level of of conversationality in Spanish, yeah. yeah. Did you study over there or something? I did. I studied abroad in Spain right when I was finishing college and I really loved it. I did go there with kind of a baseline of Spanish already because I was minoring in Spanish in college. So when I went there, I really got to develop my conversational skills and learn how a real person talks. Yeah. Because anyone who's studied a foreign language will know the way they teach you in the classroom is not how they the speak way it on that. The streets, right? Yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. So I've enjoyed doing those handful of songs in Spanish on my channel, kind of as a little nod to that. Yeah. Although I've also done a couple songs in languages I don't speak. Really? Um, I have one that's half in English and half in Mandarin, for example. How did you go about writing and learning that? That one was really tricky. That was a request from one of my patrons, so I would not have known about it if it hadn't been suggested to me. I listened to the original over and over, and I found a phonetic pronunciation So you didn't write out. it, it's a cover. In... It's a cover, oh, right, okay, yes, okay, sorry, yeah yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there would have been no way that I, I was could write like, an original. I was wondering, writing a song in Mandarin, okay. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, even for me writing in Spanish, which I can speak, is much harder to, than writing yeah. music in English. What it was just the... doesn't come to me easily. What was the song that you sung in Mandarin? What was the song? It was a song called Eternal Love by Michael Learns to Rock and Phoebe Yang. I think those were the artists. Wow. And that was a request from a Patreon. It was. It was a request from a Patreon supporter. I would have never have known about it otherwise. But it was an interesting challenge to learn that phonetic pronunciation. Of course, I unfortunately don't know any Mandarin at all, so I had no idea what I was saying, it's just memorizing a sequence of sounds, yeah. which is kind of tricky. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I like that challenge. I've occasionally tried to learn like a song in a different language that yeah. I don't know any mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is fun. Judy and Mary, Hello Orange Sunshine. Have you heard of No. Them? Okay, no. I think it's from like the 90s Where are or they something. from? Well, that's, that's what I'm not sure about. I want to say uh, Japan, but maybe okay. I'm completely wrong. I so don't know, it could I'm not be, familiar. Yeah. Not Ma- familiar. No, okay. So we did a cover together. Do you remember a few years ago? Yes, um, Pitbull. Pitbull, yeah. Options. Yeah, options, right, yeah. Which was really fun it doing was, that. Yeah. yeah. 
But I didn't realize at the time you were really new, to, fairly new to YouTube. I think that cover was 2018, maybe. Does okay. that yeah, sound that right? Sounds about right? So I, think, I would yeah. have been probably two years into my YouTube career at that point. Well, thanks so much for speaking to me, Anne. It's Thank been really, really fun me. catching up with you. Yeah. And I hope you have a great time at NAM. You too. Just in case people are hearing about you for the first time, where do they go next? What, what should they do to check out some more of your stuff? You can just Google my name and you will find me everywhere. It's Anne, R-E-B-U-R-N. That's re-burn, like yeah. burn again. Yeah, you're the only one with that name. I think I might be the only one. It's not that's a super amazing. common name, but well, I won't say I'm the only one. I'm sure there's another out there somewhere, but I am going to be the first one that comes up in the search. That's incredible. I'm not even the first one in my family with my name. <laughs> I'm the third, and my son is the fourth. So, uh, yeah, we're never going to come first in Google for anything. But, yeah, that's true. So we'll just search for Anne Reburn, and you're on Spotify, YouTube. Um... Yeah, I've got covers and original music on YouTube. Oh, Instagram as well. Instagram. Yeah. Even TikTok and, uh, of course, all the major streaming platforms, yeah. Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Pandora. How's TikTok you can find going my for you, original... What? How's TikTok going for you, by the way? Oh, Is it enjoyable? It's, or... <laughs> it's tough for me. Yeah. I think I'm borderline too old yes. for TikTok. Oh, yeah. I find it really, really I'm hard. I'm geriatric, but, uh, you know... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I've never had a social network be so damaging i would say it's very dangerous in a certain way because of how addictive it is yeah i had to put a timer on it okay so i only am on TikTok 15 minutes a day that's good that but i healthy. definitely yeah. do the comparison game is so hard yeah there's so many talented musicians out there in general but especially on TikTok. yeah it can be really hard for me not to sink into that hole of comparing myself to what i see on there yeah and because as a musician today TikTok is the strategy, yeah, right, for yeah. artists. Even for podcasting, like I said, when I went on this podcast training thing, they said, like, you've got to make, like, little clips, and the best way yeah. to get discovered is put these little clips on TikTok. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, really? I'm doing podcasting to get away from all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's an obligation, yeah, now, though. And yeah. especially when you've been in the content creation field for years and you have even more experience than I do, it's exhausting. Yes, yeah. It's like another thing that yeah. I have to do, another platform that I have to create exclusive content for. Yeah. At a certain point, it reaches critical mass. I only have so much energy yeah. to create. Yeah. You know, I can't do everything. I, no. I, I am just one person. Yeah. Well, just don't, don't, um, I know it's easy for me to say, but don't compare yourself to other people. You're really talented, yeah. great musician. Thank you have so a great much. voice, Thank and you. uh, and you're great music as well. You know, Thank not, you. you're not just a great really musician. You have great songs and great music out there. So Thank you. don't fall into that trap. I know it's easy for me to say because I fall into it every day. Everybody but does. Everybody does. Yeah. yeah. But you're you're really great and. Uh, and thank I wish you. you the best in the thank future. Thank you. Yeah. You too. Yeah, it's so great to see you. And thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Thank you, Anne. So great to catch up with you there at NAM. And really interesting what Anne there was saying about how much creative freedom we have as musicians and, I suppose, as YouTubers certainly at least compared to actors anyway. That's something I need to start being very grateful for, I think. Um, actors really do have a hard life compared to us musicians, in some ways anyway. Funny enough, I was thinking about taking acting classes myself just before we left LA. 
um, as we live by a lot of actors' studios. But then, of course, the pandemic hit and everything closed down. We ended up moving back to England and, well, the moment passed. But to think what could have been. Anyway, that is another story for another time. Actually, to be fair, that is pretty much the whole story now I think about it. Um, don't forget, you can contact me anytime at the new look, ukuletales.com, or you can simply drop me an email to uketeacher at grabyouryuke.com, and I will get back to you all. I'm particularly keen for some of your guest suggestions at the moment. If I'd made this podcast fortnightly when I started, I'd be well into my second year by now. But as it is, I've whizzed through some of the very top names in the ukulele world, and now I need to think who else I can talk with. I know there's still many, many great musicians and personalities out there to chat to, though. So if there's any that you'd like me to speak to, or perhaps you're one of them and you'd like to be on the show, please do drop me a line with your suggestions. Don't forget, if you'd like to help support the podcast, you can always sign up to my Patreon page just to throw a few dollars my way, and it will help ensure that I can carry on putting out this podcast for you. And of course, remember to spread the word about ukulele tales to your ukulele communities and uke-loving friends and family, as that really helps me out as well. Thank you once again to Carla for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, you can get a full 10% discount on anything on the website. Ukes, uh, strings, straps, whatever it is you want. They probably have it, and you can get 10% off just by clicking on carlabrand.com slash uketeacher. Just because you watch uh, my videos or listen to this podcast, Ukulele Tales, Carla are very kindly giving a 10% discount. So go and check that out. I'll be back same uke time, same uke channel next Wednesday with another great interview for you. And it'll be available in all the usual podcasty places, as always. So make sure you're subscribed. Okay, until next time, I love you all and I wish you the best. Stop thinking about the wrong thing. I got a whole lot.